Combi Life Podcasts, stories from the road less travelled. Hi guys and welcome back to our Combi Life Podcast. Here we are in our Volkswagen Combi where we live and work and do other kinds of shenanigans which we will leave up to your imaginations only. I'm joined by the lovely Leah. Hi guys. And also Alaska, the silent partner. It's very difficult to get her to speak. Abla, Abla. I've literally been trying to do that for four years and she still just stares at me and wonders what the heck I'm trying to say. In case you're wondering why I'm speaking Spanish to my little crazy dog down there, it's because she's from Peru and I brought her up speaking Spanish, mainly so I could learn a few extra words. So she's trained in really, really bad Spanish. Anyway, the reason we're here with you today with another Combi Live podcast is so that we can share a very interesting conversation we had as part of our Adventure Expert series. This episode is going to be, how long would you say this conversation is, Leah? This episode is going to be about a 15-minute episode, and it's with Chris from Chris and G Travels. He was a pretty cool guy to meet, wasn't he? He was very, very cool. I've actually been following Chris's YouTube channel for a little while now, mainly because he's got the word travels in his name. Smart man, that Chris. He's been up to all sorts, all over the Americas, lives his life full-time on the road, currently in a Class A motorhome, which, my God, were we jealous of, right? Very jealous of their bathroom and kitchen. And unfortunately, G couldn't be there with us for the conversation. That would have been really interesting to talk to her. Next time. Yeah, Chris, is uh, he started his YouTube channel as a one-man band, but now he's got a, um, a beautiful lady companion with him, which I'm sure he's very happy about too. So, yeah, but unfortunately, G um, from Chris and G Travels was not able to join us in the conversation because she had to work. So, yep, today's conversation is going to be about full-time living on the road. It's also available on our YouTube channel, Combi Life, if uh, somehow, I don't know how this would have happened, but you stumbled across our podcast before you found out that we had a YouTube channel, because that's mainly what we do. But I guess most of you are here because you don't want to have to look at our face. The idea of these adventure expert chats is so that it gives you the opportunity to sit down with people who are actually living this lifestyle. So Chris has been living full time on the road for years and years and years, and he has lots of wisdom to share. So we hope you enjoy the opportunity to uh, sit down with a couple of veteran travelers. I don't know, get a cup of tea, enjoy the conversation. But before we get started with this week's podcast, I would just like to give a quick shout out to our sponsors, which is you guys. Yeah, you weren't expecting that, were you? Basically, guys, one of the ways we support our production and um, lifestyle is by getting you guys to buy things from Amazon from our affiliate links. It brings in about mm, 10 bucks, but it does help us buy food occasionally. So if you do buy things from Amazon occasionally, please do go over to combilife.com and somewhere on the front page down on the bottom right, you'll see a little Amazon link. And if you were happening to buy something via that link, it would cost you absolutely nothing extra, but Amazon would give us between about five and 7% referral commission, which if enough of you did it would really go a long way. So next time you buy from Amazon, please do think about us and go to combilife.com. Yeah, somewhere there on the homepage combilife.com slash Amazon, maybe. Wow, you'll find it, guys. Go to it. Thanks for your support. Oh, and one final thing before we get started chatting with Chris. We actually have a bonus interview at the end of this podcast, which is where Chris interviewed us. Now, that is also a video on YouTube, but on Chris and G Travel's YouTube channel. 
So get yourselves over there and uh, check out the video. If you want, we do, do a full tour of our V-Dub camper van home, show you exactly how we live, how we sleep and all that jazz. And we also talk about what it's been like to uh, venture up from Chile towards Alaska um, for the past four and a bit years. I hope this uh, conversation doesn't confuse you too much because it was recorded in Alaska, but our current YouTube series is only up to about California. So that might be a bit mind bending for one or two of you, but bear with us, it'll all make sense in the end. Thanks again for joining us and we hope you enjoy the conversation. So Chris, we're here with you. I've been following your YouTube channel for quite a while now um, and you get all over the map. Can you like give us a bit of a rundown of like who you are and what you've been up to the last few years? Absolutely, well I've actually watched your videos as well, so thanks for having me on, on here as well. Thanks for stopping by, I really do appreciate it. It's really, really cool being able to meet up with other, other bloggers, people doing the same thing we are. Uh, so, rundown from what we're doing right now, we're in, uh, we're in Seward, Alaska. Uh, we're here during the summers, about five months out of the year. In the other parts of the year, we're traveling lower 48. Sometimes we hop overseas, but mostly more recently, we've stuck to full-time RV life. We live in a class A motorhome, uh, living and working out of the RV, trying to develop mobile incomes, working while we're here in Alaska in one stationary place, trying to get some revenue while we're here, and uh, just traveling as much as possible, trying to stay on the road, trying to make it realistic trying to make it feasible both financially and for us as, as people. So um, this is it really for you. This is like you live on the road full time, right? Absolutely. Um, where you said that you spend your summers in Alaska. Do you um, vary where you go in the winter? Uh, yeah, so uh, my travel partner, G, Gina, uh, she's from Tucson. That's uh, what G stands for. Yes. <laughs> I was like, Georgina, maybe? Chris I Gemma. And G, yep. My so, money was on Gemma. Gemma. <laughs> when I first met G when I was living out on my class B, I met G at a bar and everybody called her Baby G because she was the youngest. And then I've never, I think I've called her Gina to her, like, as a yeah. person in front of her probably five times <laughs> for our three and a half year relationship. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's uh, short for G. So, uh, so yeah, she's from Tucson. So she's really big into being there for Christmas and everything. So we make a goal to be in Tucson a couple days, if not a week before Christmas. So other than that, it's from Alaska all over the lower 48. Sometimes we'll fly certain places and then we'll go to RV shows and then fly back to the RV. Uh, but other than that, it's full time in the RV. And then during the winter for Christmas, we're there, you know, in Tucson. And then starting in May, uh, we're the beginning of May. We're usually here as uh, as our summer jobs, so that's how the rotation goes. And any, anywhere between there, you know, when we're in the lower forty eight, we go about anywhere. Yeah. And so nice. as long as we have those two set spots, that's kind of like it's kind of it's a little tricky having that having a set destination. As you well know, it's not always you think you're going to be there within two weeks, and it turns into be two months or two years. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's it's just just the road. That's the way the road goes. Yeah. But I mean, we, we typically stick to that routine back and forth. So why do you live this kind of lifestyle? Why live on the road? I, I think uh, yeah, that's a really good, really good question. I, would, I think it goes back to when I was really, really young. Um, I've been thinking about this more recently is when, when I took road trips with my family, I'd look at all these different houses, like all these people's houses. I'd be like, man, that's, <clears throat> excuse me, that's somebody's house. They're gonna be typically in that house all their life. They're gonna know that house is home. Even if they move to another house, they're gonna 
be viewing these houses as their main place to live. And it just seemed odd to me that people would stay in one spot. You know, like... Always, it, since you were young. Yeah, I mean, it, it's... I'm talking, like, some of my first memories hanging out with my family. Like, just how weird it is. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but just, like, me personally, I never thought it was feasible to be in one spot. And then as I got older, just just the option to get a van, just to be able to go into a van and travel where I wanted to and just live in that. Because I always liked living in smaller spaces and being able to be mobile, being able to wake up and go where you want yeah. or it's if you don't like a spot. Yeah, I mean, and it, it's it's really a great feeling when, I mean, in this RV, some of my favorite moments is when you wake up in the morning and when we're on the road, like here we're in Seward, but say we're in the lower 48 and we're traveling during the winter, being able to wake up, have my cup of coffee, starting the engine up, and then being able to drive where we want to go. Yeah. Like, there's no other feeling like it, yeah. you know? So, luckily for me, when I was younger, I knew that it was something that kind of called to me. And then as I got older, I mean, I'm, we're, we're blessed just to be in this situation right now, all three of us. But just to grow older and for us to be in a digital age where we're able to have these small little cameras that produce great video and this great audio and be able to get an income from that, mm. whether it's big or small, an income enough to just break even like we were talking about earlier, is just an incredible blessing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's it's just a, uh, it's just a good thing. It's, it's a good way to travel and we're just fortunate enough to be in an age where we're able to do it the way we do. Yeah, you can definitely see, there's a lot of people that contact us that are considering taking off um, you know, living this mobile lifestyle, van life's kind of trending, and yeah. people see all these Instagram accounts and people like ourselves, you know, making these videos, and I think it's really appealing to people. Yeah, well, a lot of people are wanting to live this lifestyle but are afraid of not being able to make money on the road or, yeah, not being able to make an income. And not everyone can or yeah. wants to take photos or videos or... Yeah, no, there's a number of ways you can make money on the road and yeah, you, you can make it work. Um, but I think that there are a few questions that people have in their minds, you know, like a few doubts whether they can... It's a big step to leave your, you know, stable job at home and then go travelling and hoping to make money on the road. It is a big step. I um, mean, it's, it's definitely, it's scary. It really yeah. is. And you have to, the, I think the thing is, you have to be willing to take the risk of going back to school for a mobile income. I mean, yeah. if, if you really wanted to do it, I feel like you could. I mean, different family situations might be different for different people, mm -hmm. but people like our age, people that are able to to kind of disconnect and do their own thing, like you can go back to school for marketing or graphic design. Yeah. Like you can do it. It might take time. It might take sacrifices. You might doubt yourself. But I mean, it's it's totally worth it. If, yeah. if you have a calling for it, you got to at least try it. You got to see. Yeah. yeah, sure. Or you could just study everything on YouTube like I do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's true. That works. It's free as long as you've got internet connection. <laughs> it's amazing what you can achieve with YouTube. Mm -hmm. um, but that's kind of... That brings us on to like some of the challenges that this sort of lifestyle um, presents because you know it's all well and good presenting um, an amazing life on the road and all these ever-changing views on Instagram and all the other social media accounts but mm -hmm. you live the life you know that it's not always plain sailing and it's challenging it can be challenging right it can be a lot of challenges well I feel like you guys had more challenges than, than we have. We've had more challenges like, than most. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely true. I mean, I, I feel like when it comes to challenges, I should be asking you these questions. <laughs> uh, but, but like what we've experienced has, uh, the, the biggest challenges is from, for me, I, the, the older I get, the more that I realize that 
I'm an introverted extrovert, <laughs> if, if that makes sense. Like, oh, I, that's, my, that's what I am. You know, <laughs> like it, it's it's one of those things for me. Like when problems arise, I internalize them, and then I'm able to figure it out. Then I'm able to discuss it later. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where these videos come in. Like when we're able to live on the road and something happens, we're able to okay. So this is what we're gonna do. This is the plan. And then you execute, and then you're able to share it because you—it's like interesting to to share. Mm -hmm. But uh, the biggest problems for me, like personally, I think was at first, and you know, the road's the road. You're gonna have problems, but for me, it was just kind of dealing with the perception of living on the road from other people. Yeah. And the more that I do it, the more that I'm not really paying attention to um, outside influences, but just trying to explain it to like your family, mm -hmm. you know, and friends, like why you're wanting to do it. And like, I was raised by my grand grandparents from 11 on mm -hmm. and still getting that. So when, when are you going to get married? When, when are you going to yeah. settle down? When are you going to yeah. get that master's degree that you talked about? Yeah. You know, um, that, that was the biggest thing with me because for me, like it, it, I never thought about doing anything different. Like this is completely fine mm -hmm. for what I'm doing. Like, of course I want to make other forms of income, but just being in the situation now, like, even if you have a bad day, you can come back to the RV and you have a view out, out your window or you have an amazing trip, you know, or you're traveling. It just kind of reminds you like personally, but from the outside looking in, sometimes you get a little, mm -hmm. a little flat coming in, but that, that's the only um, big disadvantage. I mean, you just kind of roll with the punches with everything else. Like things are going to happen. And I mean, there's a quote I heard not too long ago is uh, you can't control what happens to you, but you can control how you react to it. That's the most important thing, really, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Like, and just, just living this lifestyle, there's going to be things that go wrong. I mean, that, that's part of it. But you can live, you can live the cushy life and make sure that everything's going to be okay. But for me, just realizing that, uh, that life is really short and people don't really realize that, like, we have about 27,000 days to live. And everybody thinks they have so much time on this earth. But the reality <laughs> it is... It sounds like don't... nothing when you say it like that. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, there goes the pups. Kobo! They don't like the sound of those other pups. Come on, Cubs. Come on. Come on, bub. Security dogs. Yeah. The essential part of their team. Down. Down. Good boy. Good boy. Stay. But I think you're right. Like Living this lifestyle makes you more resilient to things. Like, if I was living at home and all these problems occur, like the car was breaking down all the time, they'd feel a lot more stressful. When you're living on the road, you just expect to like you said, just roll with the punches. It's whatever comes to you. Like, They're all absorbing though at the same time. You know, like if, if your car breaks down, it's your house, your home, your, like your vehicle. Everything's broken. Like, but then you don't have anywhere else to be. You don't have to go to an office and sit there in a suit and work to pay you for have that to car. Deal with it. You, you, all your focus is on dealing with your daily activities or whatever you've got in front of you that day so mm -hmm. if it's a broken engine which it usually is mm -hmm. then we just deal with that you know yeah i was gonna say you i mean i've been following your channel for for a while and has there ever been a time where you were so down after something happened like some of the problems on the road yeah. where i mean where, where you could literally <laughs> feel like this this is it like what what am i doing like has has that ever happened or yeah. is it is it just a fleeting is it just for 15 minutes or so then things get back okay I'm, everything's okay everything's all right has there ever been a time where it's been like a day or two where you're just like i don't know how i'm going to deal with this has yeah. that ever happened yeah um i was stuck for five months one time when i couldn't leave the garage in mexico and it it was such a 
frustrating experience that I was just thinking, what am I doing? You know, like, what, this is happening again and again, why am I doing this? But it's not like I, I, I have an alternative. I don't really consider like, oh, why don't I go back to what I did before? Because once I left that kind of structured lifestyle, like once I left that treadmill is the way I see it, I, I really felt like there was no looking back. You know, like I'm dealing with these problems today and they're frustrating the hell out of me, but they're my problems. I'm dealing with it for myself because I'm trying to get somewhere. You know, like it just felt like my whole direction in life was because I wanted to do that and it wasn't for somebody else. Absolutely. So yeah, no, I, I don't really feel like I've ever got to a point where I'm just thinking I've, I've got to stop this, you know, like I have had a lot of problems on the road, yeah. but yeah, just try to learn something from them, you know, and just try to... You always do, there's always something that good that comes out of it. I know you don't think of it at the time, but you've had enough bad experiences to know that eventually it ends and something good happens afterwards. Yeah. It's worth it for all the rewards. And it really has taught me a lot, like all the, all of the challenges that I faced living on the road, most of them mechanical, but a lot of them, you know, other other things like resistance from other people or um, logistical challenges. Um, or having a pup on the road. <laughs> or have, yeah. This isn't really a puppy though, look at the yeah. side. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna put him outside, I think it stopped raining. Alrighty. So there is some resistance from family, you know, and friends, and sometimes people don't understand the choices. You know, it's not a traditional, like, option, is it, to live nomadically and, and kind of follow work or follow your passions around. So you can see why yeah. that the, some people... A lot of people think you're running away from something. I get that all the time from my yeah, friends and family. Like, Leah, what are you running away from? Just, like, stay at home. I just don't think they've actually ever experienced it like this though. Yeah. Like they, I mean, for, for me, like being raised with my grandparents, I interviewed her about like if she ever traveled or ever wanted to travel mm. and she explained it as they wanted to, like it was something they wanted to do. Mm. There was no internet to call ahead somewhere or look in Google maps. Like it's, you got to a place, you looked up in a phone book and hoped yeah. that somebody answered. Like just the amount of technology we have today, it's just so much more Makes open. I mean, exactly. Like even people that watch our blogs and they see a place and we film it, then they have, you know, some idea of what's going on there. They actually mm -hmm. have a little bit of a forefront where before I feel like they didn't really have that. I think it was a lot more, lack of better words, just scary for them. Yeah, this fear of the unknown for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I found that all the way through our travels through Central America, South and Central America, every time you get close to a border, the people will tell you how dangerous it is on the other <laughs> side. And as soon as you cross the other side, they'll tell you how dangerous it was where you just came from. <laughs> Because they don't go and they don't know, yeah. you know, it's, it's fear of the unknown. Yeah. And, and even more so back in the day when you didn't have like exactly. internet to, to check out what a place was like. To somebody to sit down and listen to what you just said, like it's it never part of their reality that people would be, you know, scared of the people over there and those people are scared of the people over here and at the same time they're all the same people. Mm. I think another big thing that like for me personally, I don't know if you two have experienced this, is people that just, I. When I was younger, I thought that uh, because I was traveling, I was living a better life than other people. But when it comes down to it, it's like everybody lives their, their own thing. Like what I'm doing is no much better than somebody that lives, works a nine to five in a cubicle. If that's, mm -hmm. if that's what makes them happy, yeah. if Absolutely. that's the life they want to live, then that's totally fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but the that's an important message. Exactly. But the people that, that are doing that, but they hate their lives and they just daydream, they, they might like say some of our viewers that just they like to daydream about it 
and they really want to do it, but they're scared of the unknown. People need to be shaken up a little bit. Yeah. You know, then that that's the people that, you know, really need to get out there. But some people are more more than comfortable they're just happy having the yeah. stable home and Yeah. Jordan. Absolutely. I mean, again, it took took me years and years to finally understand that there's nothing wrong with yeah. that. It's their own path, it's what they're doing, but yep. uh, yeah, that's that's something I, I can't wrap my head around, but not everybody's the same. Yeah. Not everybody's meant to be the same. Yeah, yeah. thank God. Like, imagine we were all the same, it'd be terrible. <laughs> Nobody would, everybody would be driving around in vans and RVs. And... There'd be no way to park. Yeah. Who would build the roads? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> True. We'd all have to get ATVs. Um, so I guess one of the biggest challenges is finding work. Not everybody wants to blog and they don't feel like they could be a personality or they don't feel like they have a particular story that they want to share. That's fine. It's not the easiest way to make an income, as I'm sure you'll agree. Oh, if if we doing this blogging thing, if we put our time and energy into graphic design mm. or some other sort of marketing, something we could work online, make we'd be making a lot words. more money, yeah. like a lot more money. Yeah. Like there's, yeah. there's there's no doubt in my mind. But for and we were talking earlier, I think it comes down to when you go to these beautiful places and you're actually able to share them like that's just a night and day difference because for for me it i mean some people might look at this as it hinders your your travels and in ways it does but at the same time it enhances my travels and my own experiences because when i'm looking at this beautiful scene and i'm able to frame it i'm able to film it and then come back and like man that looks beautiful edit it put some music behind it and then upload it and share it with people and people are like oh it's so beautiful i want to go there Mm-hmm. then that makes it worth every second, mm-hmm. you know? And then it it makes me feel like I had an even more valuable experience there because, yes, in fact, that is a beautiful place. And, it, you know, it's it's something that people should go see and hopefully you motivate people to go check it out. Yeah. So, it, I think um, vlogging and photographing the places I go to really helps me appreciate them. You know, having... I've now got eight years on the road, so you do start to get a bit kind of jaded with, you know, the yeah, same sort yeah. of sights and okay, today's a waterfall and yeah. tomorrow's a temple. And it's not always as appealing, but when you're looking to try to capture a different story you from that place and, you know, like you're trying to find something interesting about it, mm-hmm. it, it makes it, it makes it more interesting for me and as, as well for the people that are watching the content. Mm. But you weren't always doing this and you don't always do this. You also do traditional jobs whilst you're on the road mm-hmm. as well, right? Yeah, so the... The biggest traveling job I ever had was uh, was bartending. That's something that if you can speak the English language and you're a hard worker, because typically for, for guys, the way it works at bars is you don't get automatically a bartender. You're a barback, which is basically carrying beer, carrying ice, going to grab liquor or whatever. So you have to have the work ethic and you have to be physically able to do it. And not that many people have the skill set to be like a barback that's bartending before. So typically you can go to any major city as a bartender barback and make three to four hundred dollars a night cash on on good nights you know that's a good night right <laughs> why am i doing and then, this youtube <laughs> yeah so it's like it's like honestly like right now the way we live our lives now in in this rv we can even if you factor in the monthly payments on the rv and the insurance and cell phone bill that's going to last us pretty much a week out boondocking somewhere so mm-hmm. when you can make one night boondocking for a week you know so that that was a big traveling job that i had and then, of course, YouTube came along, and then 
luckily, like I was making videos before it was monetized, and once it was monetized, it was the coolest thing ever because the I made seventy five cents that first month, <laughs> and it was the coolest thing that ever happened in my entire life. And then I made eighty five cents the next month, and that was oh, you're already raking it in. I was raking it in, and then after that, it went to fourteen dollars, and I was flipping out, you know. So it it was it was awesome for me to be able to have these videos and then do something I absolutely love and then make, make an income. But from there, from doing the YouTube, it's kind of went on to me for like marketing with other companies, doing marketing. That's what's got me thinking about um, doing an apprenticeship or an internship with a company mm -hmm. and learning, you know, the, the ins and outs of working with bigger businesses and possibly working with a firm. Cause then I could do the YouTube, which I love doing. And then I can also take what I've learned from YouTube, the skill set, like we talked about when you do these videos, and you do it for so many years, you do pick up skills, you learn things, and then use that to have another form of income, mm -hmm. you know, while we do it. Because if, if I never hadn't, didn't have to worry about income and just be able to travel, you know, that, that's everybody's what dream, dream, but yeah. that's, that's not the way it is. You gotta, you gotta develop your skills and you gotta, you gotta be smart about it. I've got to say though, on that point, I traveled for four years without doing any work, apart from tiger training when I worked in Thailand, which was awesome. <laughs> but apart from that job, I didn't do any work for four years, which sounds like a dream, right? I got a little bored in the you end. You do get bored, of course. Like, you still I need to, to work and feel like you're doing Yeah, I mean, like, right. I'm not making a huge income from my YouTube channel, but I love it. You know, mm -hmm. I, it's a passion. I'm, I'm driven to do the work and mm -hmm. I, I think people need a project you need mm -hmm. something to be doing whilst you're living on the road even if you can afford to live on the road without working which is possible because it can be quite a cheap lifestyle absolutely would you if let's put ourselves in the position of somebody that wants to go and live full-time on the road they want to travel they want to like discover their country um i guess a concern in people's mind is finding work like how can I quit my job? Because I'm going to have expenses. I need to pay for gas. I need to pay for other expenses that come up. How, like, do you think that it's possible to find work on the road? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you can look up online, even here in Alaska, you can find work camping spots. You know, you might have to have a supplementary income, but I mean, some of them here, you work 20 hours a week and then you get a $400 a month stipend and then your other 20 hours you can work elsewhere and you have your place to stay, you have all your utilities pretty much, mm -hmm. you know, so it's doable. Uh, but for, for me, the way that I look at it, I don't really look at it as finding work on the road. If you're serious about it, you can go back to school and get a degree or start working for a place and work mobily. You can leverage with your current job to work mobily. Mm -hmm. You know, like companies are moving towards it. Best Buy's doing it. Other corporations are doing it where they actually want people to work uh, remotely and it saves the company money and then the people are able to work where they want and when they want. Like there's a lot of people doing it. If you really wanted to do it, um, it's it's possible. You can. You can you just it just takes that initial effort. And if you are wanting, you know, you don't want to go back to school online and you just want to go and try and find um, different things on the road. It's totally doable. Like I, like I said, here in Alaska, you can find places like that all over Alaska. Mm -hmm. So it's just, you just have to be willing to step outside of your comfort zone. And I think the finance part, I mean, granted for me, I, I view finances as just uh, something that's in my way of traveling, but most people look at it as like, it's their number one thing they have to worry about in life. I mean, it is, it is kind of like a nerve wracking thing just to go out there and try and do it, but you can make steps to make it happen. 
it's just it it's really um, conditional on how much you want to step outside your comfort zone and make it happen because it's not it's not going to come easy mm-hmm. like doing this everybody thinks oh they looked into it or they're doing it now so it's smooth sailing it's it's never easy yeah mm-hmm. and sometimes getting started is the hardest part and of course that's the finances for a lot of people mm-hmm. I think um, I think finances can play a big part in when a traveler decides whether they need to stay in one place for a while or whether they can move. Um, I think that's a, 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 it's not just the finances that um, make you make that decision, it's also quite a healthy decision if you're on the road a long time, I don't know if you've experienced um, kind of like travel burnout, mm-hmm. where you, you just feel like you're moving all the time and you just need a bit of downtime. Like, do you, do you experience that where you just kind of think, I want to go somewhere and I just want to be somewhere in one spot for a little while? Yeah, we go to BLM and park there for a week. Yeah. That's that's enough for me. Mm-hmm. Like a week in week in one spot, I'm I'm good to go. I mean, I'd say on the way to Arizona, we like the burnout you're talking about, uh, I'd say that happened maybe once or twice and we just made a goal to go over, like find a nice little quiet spot out in the country, park the R V and then for, for us, since we're doing the blog, since we're doing other things, you know, it's a nice time just to sit, relax with our with our pup and go trail running and go explore the local area and by the time that week's up that five or six seven days we're ready to hit the road because with with this you know having the class a it's literally like your home's with you you know and it's 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 more so when we get burnout it's more just driving non-stop going spot to spot to spot doing whatever but whenever we want to take a break we literally just pull off to a nice quiet spot and then we're we're good so i, I haven't really experienced that too much with with this and with the van i was traveling by myself so i would always you know two or three days in one spot i would always be ready to go traveling again it's good to hear that you factor in stationary time as well as like time moving i think that's an important part of living life on the road it isn't always about moving you know it's not it's not constantly about getting to the next place. You, oh, absolutely. You need some recharging time, not just for your car batteries, but for your own batteries. You oh, know? absolutely. And it, it's just even going to places, because a friend of mine just got married. I just went back home for his... I was in his wedding, and he was asking me where he should go, and he was saying more like he wanted to do all the big spots in Europe. He wanted to go see the Eiffel Tower. He wanted to, you know, go to the Louvre and just have this checklist you know, but he wasn't spending that much time in each spot. He was going to go check that out for a couple hours and this couple hours and then on a plane again. Mm-hmm. It's like, dude, you gotta, you gotta stop. Like mm-hmm. you gotta be in one spot to actually, Take and I don't know if, yeah, I don't, I'm sure you do this on your travels. Whenever you actually stop in a place, I'm sure when you got stuck in Mexico for five months, you have a whole new <laughs> appreciate, like if you just would have zipped through, you wouldn't have noticed that much. But yeah, since you were there that long, you became part of the culture. I mean, you went to an extreme in that five months, but you actually became part of the culture you probably have a whole new outlook on all of Mexico and probably a lot of your travels now being in that new foreign place and being able to acclimate and I feel like when people just go from spot to spot like they have a checklist like an A, B, C, D and then they don't they don't really get to experience it they don't really yeah. like literally them, themselves they don't experience it yeah that is something that um, a lot of people like to travel when they go on their vacations and they go from place to place and it's what you just mentioned actual time absorbing a culture and spending time without moving and just observing precious few people do that and I think it's one of the most rewarding things because that's how you really get to learn what life's like in in other places absolutely so when we when we try and stop we try and uh, stay in the spot for at least two days Mm -hmm. like just to check it out 
just to really get a feel for it. Because otherwise, you're just you're just going through just doing that checklist thing, and that's something that you know we definitely try and uh, keep ourselves from doing. Um, so normally you're traveling with G, right? Who mm -hmm. unfortunately can't be here now. Working in Alaska, <laughs> she has that double today. So when when we're here, we we have an opportunity to make some money because during the winter we don't really have that many stationary jobs. So when we're here, we work as much as we can. The other seven months, six months out of the year, then that's when we're uh, out exploring. How do you make it work? N not just your relationship with G, but like your relationships with all of your friends and family. How do you make that work on the road? Because that, I think, is one of the biggest things that people don't realize that they need to consider. Right, right. So like, like I mentioned, like me personally and you know, with G and our friends, uh, with my grandparents, raised by my grandparents. So there's a lot of time when I was out traveling that I didn't get to spend with my grandfather before he passed away. Like when I became like an actual adult, able to comprehend reality, you know what I mean? Like once you hit that age of 16, 17, when you're like, oh wow, I'm an actual person. You know what I mean? Like you start becoming yourself. Mm -hmm. So there, there's a lot of time that I missed out with, with him because I was out traveling. And with my grandmother as well, I don't see her too often, but when I do, you know, I was back home like, and with our friends as well, I'm tying this into our friends and, and family is it makes you appreciate people more, like when you do have the chance to see them. Um, so when we have friends come up, like our friends Mel and Chris, they're coming up, we saw them down in California, we hung out with them for four or five days. Every time we're there, we do as much as we can, try and hang out, enjoy their company. When they're up here, we're gonna do as much as we can. And what I've noticed is it, uh, it makes me appreciate when I'm around people and makes me appreciate the time that we have together. Mm -hmm. And that's something I've really noticed while not seeing people that often because I'm more of a person that can go without seeing somebody like my, my friends back home when we met up for that wedding like the friends I haven't seen for years like no exaggeration it's like we saw each other three days ago yeah, that's good. you know that's we, good. we just like you know, those are the friends that stick with you when you travel like this because mm -hmm. people that you can just meet mm -hmm. up with and you're just instantly mm -hmm. back back with it so yeah for 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 our friends and family for us it's for, for me, I appreciate it more. G gets a little bit more sentimental about it mm. when people, when she doesn't Things see it's a girl thing. Yeah, but for <laughs> me, I'm- sentimental. Exactly. But for, for, for me, I'm more more laid back about it. And it's like, I, I just try and make the best of it when I do see the people yeah. that, that, that are friends and family. What about um, making a relationship work when you're living, granted the space that you live in is a little bit bigger than it's ours. Bigger. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could fit like three see, zombies again, in here. Again, this, this is me. I should be asking you guys <laughs> how, how, that, how that works. Because for us, we, we have a little sliding door right there where we're able to separate it. Shut you this off. is your room, yeah. this is my room. I don't <laughs> want to see you for two hours. Yeah, it's like you're being ridiculous. Go to your room. Or I'll, I'll go you back wish there. You could do that. <laughs> or I'll go back around my laptop or yeah. No, so it's I mean it's it, what well, we always tell people about the relationship, and I'm sure you guys know this more than we do when it comes to this this situation is you realize who you're gonna be able to stay with when you live in live with somebody in a vehicle for over a month and let alone years at a time you know you learn you learn so much about the person and you realize compromise you realize uh you know just how the needs of the other person and how how just to not be selfish with anything really mm -hmm. that i've learned like you have to have good communication which is what most people say good relationships are built upon mm -hmm. but you absolutely realize if that if you're going to be able to stay with that person for a long amount of time if you're meant to be with that person because it takes so much effort yeah. and and time and patience 
but it's like those it's like the five percent of the time where you got to work on it the other 95 percent of the time having somebody to share this with you know it's just it's it's great it's amazing but it, there there is the the five percent where it really shows if if you're going to be able to work through things with that other person because mm -hmm. it's not easy living in these small places with other with mm -hmm. another person it seems like everything can be amplified sometimes with something small can be really, really amplified, and you need to. I feel like we're at, sitting at a marriage counselor. Sorry, we're just listening to Chris going. Yeah, no, it's 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 definitely a uh, it's definitely an educational experience. Mm -hmm. And uh, but as as you all well know, the other ninety five percent when when things are going great and you're able to wake up and share certain experiences with yeah and just having that someone. partnership and support like mm -hmm. it's really nice to have that companionship so what, what about you guys i mean whoa in, whoa whoa <laughs> that was that, my question in, in that bus i mean we we did the van yeah for a summer and we still had a place to shower and use the restroom we had a fridge a communal fridge when we were living in the van oh, it's basically our way to sleep and even in that van do you you have a toilet in there and you shower you have the biggest mm -hmm. toilet in the world <laughs> Mother Nature. So you guys are on a whole other extreme than we were when we were living in the van. Like we we have space here. Like I said, like we have lots of space. So I feel like, like you say, it's it's magnified. Mm. Our magnification is only a hundred. I feel like yours is around five hundred mm. or so. Yeah. Yeah. It does get worse when you know you haven't showered in a few days or you know. You know, so like having kind of weather like we're experiencing at the moment in it Alaska. Makes it tough. It makes it tough because you, your mood is a bit down. You can't get out. You wake up and the car's already wet inside and out. Mm -hmm. You know, so you're fighting the elements. And obviously, you take it out on the people that you care about most, right? The, the only person that's there. So, yeah, <laughs> the only person that will listen. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think we, we're always trying to learn and improve. Like, and, and I think it's a process, you know. Mm, we're still talking. We're still sitting next to each other. So we seem to be doing okay so far. Mm. But uh, I think like a bit of space, you know, knowing when it's time apart, I need to learn that. Like, come on, we'll be fine. We'll just hang out a bit more. <laughs> Get off me! You know, yeah, like, and it is important to have space, especially when you don't have physical space. It's good to have like, yeah. I'm going to sit here and read for a while while you go and do your work on your computer. Yeah, it's amazing it's how good you get off. at ignoring somebody that's sat that's right, right next to you. you. <laughs> in a healthy way, like not in a bad right. way. You Everybody like, needs some time. Wall. Um, uh, yeah, we just shut, <laughs> shut each other out. It's like we'll read for a bit and then an hour later put the book down. Like, hey, how are you doing? <laughs> you want to get some dinner? <laughs> so I, I did notice that, like whenever, if, if we have a disagreement on something, just that ability to reset after you have a certain amount of time because I feel like in, in most relationships you have at least other rooms at least yeah. like here we have a little sliding door but like you have a house or you have a car you can just go zip around and yeah. they come back and everything's good but you have to be in that same physical location as that person then reset mm -hmm. so you have to get over your ego is for, for me personally yeah is like whether you're right or wrong or and you think you're hard. right or wrong it's, it's, it's human nature it's incredibly yeah. hard yeah but wh whether you think you're right or wrong just getting over your ego to the point to being like, listen, we're in this situation together. We're in this vehicle. I can either, you know, think that I'm right and have my bravado about it, or I can just cut the ego off right now yeah. and then get this solved because I want to have a good day. Mm -hmm. And I think also another big part is uh, just realizing that you need to stay positive no matter what, no matter what the situation is. You just got to make the positive spin out of it and then go from there because otherwise you're not going to do anything good for anybody yeah, and true. I've learned that those are the two things yep. 
in a relationship in a in a rectangle yeah, with somebody. That's, that's really true. <laughs> you do need to pull each other out of like moods as well. Like, you know, like you said, think positively because things go wrong all the time. If things are going to be hard. You need to think of the bright side. Yeah. So out of the years hard. of traveling, you said how many years of total traveling do you have? Eight. And how many years of traveling do you have total? Um, she's she she going to say more than me. I say, I'm about nine. So do you do you feel like either way, like whoever, like whenever there's a disagreement or whatever, is there somebody that has? To, I don't want to bring up any any skeletons here, <laughs> but um, is is, <laughs> is is there like any situations where somebody is like like helping the other more, or is it like are you guys nice and equal with with? I, I'd say certain, I was the hero in the relationship. <laughs> if that's what you're in asking. In certain <laughs> things, there are like obviously he's got strengths and things and I right. have strengths and other things. She's and really good at cooking and cleaning. And <laughs> I knew you were going to say that, and that's about it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, um, yeah, I think that we... we you compliment each other pretty well? We do. Um, thank you for putting those words in my mouth. <laughs> that's, that's just what I was going to no, say. No, like, for, for me, though, like, the reason why I ask is for G and I, like, I have more traveling experiences, but as I said, I'm an introverted extrovert. So for me, um, sometimes dealing with, like, staying positive... With, with other people in like outside of our situation mm. like it's hard for me to do because I just like kind of internalize it and I think about it like very analytically and I try and rationalize their behavior where G's more bubbly she's the part of the relationship like oh yeah what whatever you know bubbly's so, important it is it's incredibly important because there's like I, I try and be as positive as like always try and be look at the positive side of it but sometimes I get stuck in that analytical like trying to rationalize things mm. where she just kind of brings brings that out mm. in me where I'm like okay it's you know that that's that's the positive side of it. We're gonna go with that. Mm -hmm. So that that's how our relationship works a lot with with the RV, where she's more of the uh, I don't want to say dreamer, but she's just more of the bubbly, outgoing portion of it. Mm -hmm. And then for me, I'm more of the trying to figure it out, mm -hmm. you know, analytically, like I said. Um, one other thing I wanted to ask you about was uh, living this kind of lifestyle. You have to make certain sacrifices. You can't bring everything with you. Um, you can't hoard lots of equipment like you would in a normal house. Um, how have you found minimalizing? I think uh, the biggest thing I found was just buying better gear that has multiple functions. Like 100% with me, if I have my laptop and charger and my Canon, I'm, I'm pretty much good to go. You know, like I do have other equipment in the, in the RV, but mostly like just realizing that having good quality gear Mm -hmm. for for the blogging and everything and just like with clothes too like obviously here in Alaska it's nice and nice and rainy here just having you know gear that's made for for rain but also going to be used for running mm -hmm. I think it's just using using gear that has multiple uses that's uh, so it, I never really had a big problem with uh with having too much stuff in the RV now G on the other hand when we went from the class B to the class A and she saw all the cabinet space. <laughs> just like more things. So yeah, so that that was something that we had to work with. But for 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 G, she never really like she never really traveled before we traveled together. Like she took some family trips from Arizona to California, but she never really experienced like RV travel or traveling in general. So I had to kind of you know ease her into it and mm -hmm. help her understand certain aspects. So I think the biggest the hardest part for me wasn't necessarily my gear. Was making sure she didn't bring her whole wardrobe into the <laughs> RV. Yeah. But other than that, no, it's it's 
I mean, this forces you. I mean, you know more than us, way more than yeah, us. Leah gets one bag, <laughs> a small plastic carrier bag that you get from the, <laughs> All the my supermarket. Yeah. Oh, man. No, with, with this, it kind of forces you to, uh, I mean, granted, we have a lot more space than you guys, but um, it kind of forces you, okay, this is the space you have, then you need to cut the rest, and that's all you got. Mm -hmm. So that was that was the only difficult part for us was getting that side of it where G gets used to not 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 having the idea the typical idea okay I'm moving I need to bring all my stuff I need to just hoard it all up and throw it in this RV somewhere but getting her past that was was interesting but we we got it figured out yeah I think um, we're not able to bring a lot of things with us we have very limited space but. You know, it's kind of minimalism to an extreme, almost. It's not as bad as being on a bicycle, which is just insane. But uh, I think the advantages of living this kind of lifestyle and taking things from the environment and having with us really just the things that we need, just the essential items to get by and have a little bit of fun, I take a lot more enjoyment out of that rather than filling my life with possessions, you know, to fill up a house, which is too big for me. And I like living a minimalistic lifestyle. Yeah, you definitely have to if you're doing bus life from South America up to yes. Alaska. Yeah. Is yeah. there anything that you're like missing? Like if if you had more room that you wish you had? An or oven. are are you an oven? <laughs> yeah. Some an some oven. cookie material? Yeah. An oven and a fridge. A fridge would be nice. We don't have a fridge. I think our next vehicle might have a fridge. Um we didn't really miss it, but it would make life a bit easier. Yeah, we've been doing well without it. Like you just get really creative in the kitchen. I mean, that's, that's the thing okay. people always say. I don't see how you do the RV life. I'm like, what we're doing, like, compared to what other people are out there doing, like, we're, like, in Disney World right now <laughs> where they're out there, like, minimalistic, you know, in a bus. So I definitely give you you guys kudos, especially two people. Like, when, when I was in the van, like, I still had, like, a fridge and, uh, you know, a shower and a toilet in there. Mm. And, I mean, I, I was completely fine in Hold there. Only a van. Yeah. <laughs> But but with two people, like that, that was that was interesting. So I definitely commend you two on on doing that. It was a conscious decision not to have a fridge because I could have extra seating space. That was the reason, so I could bring another person with me. Um, just lastly, like if there, if you have any advice for somebody that was considering living full time on the road, what would you say? So when, when you say considering, is it somebody that really wants to do it or somebody that's curious about it? Somebody that really wants to do it. Somebody that wants to do it, but it. they just, like, they need that push. Like, right on the edge. Yeah. I, I'd definitely say, I mean, one of the biggest quotes for me, biggest ideas is um, how how short amount of time we have here. Like, how many, how many years or how many days you actually have. Because, I mean, up until you're 18, that's a lot of your, a lot of your life already gone. And then once you're older, you're not able to move around as much. So how many days you actually have to be physically able, mentally able, and just have the freedom to do what you want is very, very small. And if you really look at the numbers on how many, you know, how many days the average person lives, life is way, way too short for mediocrity. It really is. And if you want to keep living that cushy life, where I don't even say cushy, the, the, the life where you're just going day by day because you feel like you have to and you're scared to make any steps, then that is a life wasted because there's so much opportunity out there to do what you want to do. Like you, you can really make it happen if you want to, but it, I mean, it just seems like a lot of people are just okay with, with the complacent life. 
Like you really have to make steps. It takes a lot of sacrifice. It's not going to be easy. But when it's all said and done, when you're able to wake up and be ultimately and truly happy, like in a new spot, doing what you want to do, doing something you love, whether you're with somebody else or not, but when you wake up and you get that feeling in your stomach, like, okay, let's, let's do this. I'm excited. Rather than waking up and doing something you don't want to do. I mean, that's, that's definitely a night and day difference. It really is. And I've been on both. I've been on both sides of it. I did my college internship working nine to five and that was the most miserable I've ever been in my entire life. Mm-hmm. I was making great money. You know, I was living in Chicago, making great money as an intern, but it, it was just the most miserable time of my life. I hated, even on the weekends, when I got off work on Friday, I was dreading Monday morning, you know, and I can't imagine doing, I, I refuse to do that for the rest of my life. Like, there's no way I could ever do that. But you just have to, you have to get over this, the, the initial part. It might be a little scary, might not work out perfectly all the time, but you just got to try. You just got to do it and make it happen, and slowly but surely, you'll, you'll be living the life that you want to. Yeah, I think it's the kind of thing that you could never have a regret about. It's it's almost like a guaranteed good choice because even if you go and live full-time on the road and then you go home and you go, that was terrible, that's the worst (laughs) thing I ever did. Why did I do that? On your deathbed, you're you're not going to have that doubt in your mind like, why didn't I just do that? I always wanted to do that. Why didn't I do it? I mean, you know, you'll know it wasn't for you. How many people do you think are on their deathbed saying, why did I do that rather than why didn't yeah. I do that? Why didn't I spend more time doing what I wanted to do? Why didn't I spend more time with my spouse? Why didn't I spend more time with my kids? You know, it, it's not so much, you know, that that was such a dumb decision. You know, I feel like most people don't do that. They regret thinking that they had so much time, but in reality, they didn't. Mm-hmm. You know, because everybody thinks they have all this time. And I think... Part, part of my realization, even being, in, like I said, being a little kid, realizing staying in one spot wasn't for me. I think when I got older and realized, like truly, truly realized that one day I'm, I'm going to die. Like that's, that's it. There's not going to be some genie that's going to come down and grant me three wishes and eternal life, billions of dollars. It's not going to happen. Damn it. Like one, I heard it. I heard it might happen somewhere in, <laughs> in the future, somewhere in Alaska to check it out. But it's, 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 it's not going to happen for, for me anyways. I probably won't find that, that, that genie anywhere, but it's like, once you get that realization, once you really feel it, and once it's in your, like you in your conscience, and you know that you every day you have is one less off that ticker at the end. You don't even know when that ticker is going to end. Mm-hmm. Then you just gotta you just gotta try. You gotta try and follow as many passions and dreams and enjoy everything you can. Everything that is not making you happy, get rid of. Just let it go because it's not doing anything. It's baggage that you don't need. Everything that makes you happy, everything that gives you passion, gravitate towards it. Because, I mean, we're living proof of if you follow like a crazy idea, try and make something happen, keep pushing and keep pushing, then you get to live like a pretty awesome lifestyle. Yeah. Like, it's, it, it's just the, I mean, you might crash and burn. I crashed and burned before when I, when I uh, first got that van and it was dying on me and I ran out of money. My credit cards were maxed out. And then I met G. And if that wouldn't have happened, I never would have met G, mm. you know? So you just got to keep pushing because meteorocracy wasn't, wasn't anything I wanted in my life. And I knew it and I was fortunate enough to be able to have that, that fortitude to push towards something past what, I, what, what the easy route would have been. And I ended up in an awesome situation. Like and we were talking earlier, even if, even if it ends tomorrow, even if the bank repos this RV and I'm left on the street corner with all my stuff out on the road, then the life that I've led so far was well worth 
all the all the effort, everything that I've got, everything that's taken to get to this point. Yeah. Amen, brother. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good note to leave it on. <laughs> um, thanks very much. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, Chris. Hope you enjoyed that conversation, guys. We really appreciated you joining us for that one. And just as I promised earlier, here's one more bonus interview of Chris interviewing myself and Leah in our combi up in Seward, Alaska. Now, I hope that this doesn't confuse you. It was filmed last summer when we were up there filming Astor, Alaska. So if you want to see the video from that and the tour of our bus, get yourself over to Chris and G's Travels. Thanks again for joining us. Until next time, happy travels. I'm Leah. And I'm Ben. And this is Alaska. Good timing, Alaska. <laughs> she, she, she's a pro. a pro. It has been a long time getting here to Alaska. You wouldn't think it would take like four and a half years to get to Alaska, but we started out in Chile. And I guess that's not really a good enough excuse, but we have had a lot of problems on the way. Uh, we've taken the engine out, I think, 11 or 12 times, 10, mm, 11, 12. visa issues. Yeah, six-month visa delay. Mm. The bus caught on fire. Mm. But eventually, <laughs> we made it to Alaska. We are here. Life up here is different. The people up here are different. The landscape is different. Like, everything's different. Particularly on the North Slope. Like, we drove up to the top to, to Dead Horse and then went to the Arctic Ocean in Kaktovik. And, like... The trees stop. You're driving up the highway and the trees just stop. You know, you go over the last mountain range on the entire continent and then you've just got tundra all the way to the ocean. Like, you don't get that down in Canada, you don't get that down in the lower 48 or in Mexico or anything like that. Like, yeah, it's been completely worth coming to Alaska. Something that I noticed that you do differently than most people is you pick up hitchhikers. So it just seems as though, and just talking to you, it seems like you're view of of travelers and interacting with other people you're very open how has that shaped your travels and how you you travel like because when you travel you have to trust in a lot of people you know you really put your trust in a lot of people is that has this trip affected you is this or is that the way you've always viewed traveling i think um you have to be open i think um what you put out is what you get back and i've tried to put out good karma by picking up people um I haven't had one problem in over a hundred people that I've shared this bed with. There's been random people, like a, a Venezuelan guy, flagged me down on a road in Colombia um, on his motorbike, just flagged me down. I stopped and he said, oh, I'm going couch surfing in Cali, do you want to come? I said, well, I do couch surfing in here, you can sleep in here if you want. So that night, after meeting him that evening, he was sleeping in the bed next to me and I, you know, a hundred stories like that and no problem at all. It's been a learning and discovery process for me too. I think. Um, unfortunately we're brought up to to kind of see like problems with other people and fear in, to fear things yeah. people, yeah like you watch the news and you, you fear other places that you haven't been to because yeah. that's what you're presented it's dangerous over there this will happen to you if you go there but my experience of over eight years of traveling the world has been completely the opposite essentially I discovered that people are all the same you know, we have the same interests. Well, not necessarily the same interests, but the, the same priorities. The same things are important to us. Like, love is the same, you know? Like, I think we should concentrate more on the things that we have in common than the things we have in different, mm -hmm. the differences we have. And everyone you meet along the way, you always learn something different from somebody. There's always someone that you can, like, even meeting them for a split second, you can, you just, learn so much don't you i learned that from you and did i teach you that leah taught me that she's I like taught you to be open and just take in what what people are teaching you because there's always a teacher in somebody 
good advice. So I'm sure you two have learned a lot from each other being in this small space as a couple. So is there any insights or anything? Because people ask you questions all the time, I'm sure. Is there anything that, that you've learned or you discuss about being in a relationship in this small space that people don't ask you that you think is important? People don't usually ask us about the relationship, um, no, how we get on. People ask if we're in a relationship. You know, Especially at the start, because yeah. I was travelling with him just as a, a traveller for a while. Yeah, the first two times Leah was in the combi, she was a friend, mm. and it's only now that she's been a, mm. a, a cuddle companion. <laughs> 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 but it is hard to, like, like with anything, with any relationship, you're, you know, slowly learning about the person and what well, to do, what not to do, what they, you know... Well, and being in a tight space like this, it's even harder. I think it's amplified more. Like you're just gonna, you need to learn very quickly. Yes. Or it's just not gonna work. Yeah. Just uh, a lot of patience, good communication, and try to, you know, everybody thinks about changing the world, but nobody thinks about changing themselves. Like that kind of thing. Like you think, like, what can you do to fix somebody else? But really, like, how can you accept their apparent flaws or? you know, change your own ways to adapt to them. I think that's a much more productive. Mm -hmm. Can you remind me of that later? Yeah. <laughs> if you had to, uh, to pick a mode of transportation, if you could do anything you wanted to do, would it be bus life? Would it be boat life? Would it be RV life? Or is right now you're just going with the flow and whatever comes your way you're going to be doing? Do you know what? After being in your RV, <laughs> all the space and the... Oh, but I wouldn't be able to bring my RV down here. I wouldn't be able to no. s get this spot, you know, so that you're, I mean, it's give and take with everything, but you, you think you would pick RV? No, I, I do like being in, in, in a tight, in a smaller van, definitely, you can get to places like these, you can go, you know, find that little nice quiet spot next to the river in an RV, I guess that you couldn't do that. I think both of us are all about exploring and adventure and um, different adventures dictate different vehicles, you know. I could definitely see living myself living in a larger vehicle if I had, you know, kids running around. Um, I could, I definitely want to do a motorbike trip in the future. Um, at some point, I would like to explore the oceans, and so I would love to be able to be in a, a sailboat. And that is like a kind of retirement plan for us, mm. like retiring at about forty. You know, I think whatever vehicle we choose or mode of transport, we're going to adapt to it quite easily and just make it work. So. They might be tuk-tuks in India. We yes. were thinking about that at one, at one that's stage. A, that's a definite I think it would be a great way to, to see India and tuk-tuks and, you know, that. Yeah. I'm, I'm always thinking about this. If uh, this, this tiny home movement, this van life, you know, hashtag van life that's so popular now, do you think technology is allowing this to happen and people have always had this desire to travel? Or do you feel as though this has always been a subculture? It just, we weren't able to sit here with four cameras and discuss this and broadcast it to thousands of people. Do you think it's it's one or the other, or do you think it's kind of in between? I think the subculture has expanded since being able to see all the, you know, the beautiful Instagram pictures and people want to aspire to have that life. Yeah. Um, it's definitely always been there, but it's definitely grown. I think a lot of people go, I can do that, and I want to do that. Yeah, people have definitely been inspired by the... Uh the Instagram movement and the hashtag van life but um, I think because technology has adapt, uh, evolved so much in the last few years people are now able to take their work 
and their lifestyles, you know, on the road. They can, they, you can now be a digital nomad and go almost anywhere. So that's really growing and it will continue to grow, I think. Coming up from South America, I didn't see a lot of people doing um, the digital nomad lifestyle because it's kind of hard. You need a consistent internet connection. Up here in North America, it's much more prevalent and it's much more accessible because you can get like cellular signal in lots of places and you can truly live a productive lifestyle out of a vehicle up here. How's it been living with a little dog in, in such a small space being that we have a dog now and it completely 110% changed our dynamic? Yeah. Did it change a lot for you or has it been have you been in any situations where the pup's been a problem you're going through borders i can only imagine some of the some of the dealings you had to go through we have that. a bit of a process you might not be able to do this when you cross borders but we tend to hide her in the back in the bed <laughs> and she's pretty good she just lies down and stays quiet um it did change a few things having little alaska here who was named after our destination um mostly it brought a lot more love and joy into my life um there were a few problems like when you go to national parks you can't take her in all of the restaurants south of the u.s are dog friendly a lot of them in the u.s are also dog friendly um, so it hasn't been a major problem one of the things that you need to consider is like if you do need to go in somewhere where a dog can't come in then you have to leave the dog at home and if your home is a vehicle that's not always practical so there has been on occasion situations where one of us has to stay or we're just not able to go to certain places so there are sacrifices but really like any sacrifice you make pales in comparison to like the companionship that a dog will bring and she's a great little duck guard dog too so you're you're definitely living the minimalist lifestyle in in this bus but it seems as though that that you're doing incredibly well with it do you feel as though it's a uh it's a lifestyle that most people could do or do you think most people aren't able to do it or if they were put in a situation they'd totally be fine doing it? I think it depends on the person like it's people that are very adaptable can easily adapt to this lifestyle like it's you don't really miss anything like we don't have a shower or a toilet or anything but we still survive and it's a great life lifestyle so I think many people I think once you try you fall in love with it yeah, there's a lot of people that would hate it. This would be somebody's nightmare, for sure. I've got friends that are like, I don't know, I'm not even coming to visit you for a weekend. <laughs> but, you know, there's many people that would surprise themselves. Everybody's adaptable. You could put anyone into this situation and they would eventually, you know, not miss having the, the bathrooms and the showers. And, you know, they would just start to appreciate being outside and being with nature all the time. Yeah, I think anybody that even is tempted to live a nomadic lifestyle and or van life or live in an RV on the road like the, you owe it to yourself to try because if you don't try you might regret that for the rest of your life. Alrighty thanks for sticking with us guys appreciate that join us next time for more conversations from the road less traveled with other adventure experts no doubt. We don't know what that subject will be yet because we haven't recorded it yet. But as long as you're subscribed to the YouTube channel or to our podcast on iTunes, you will get a notification. Thanks again. Until next time, happy travels.